Welcome to the Three Questions Podcast, where we take questions from our church family and try our best to answer them from a biblical worldview. This is actually the beginning of season five, (laughs) which is crazy. Unbelievable. (laughs) And they said it wouldn't make it past the fifth episode. (laughs) I I need to renegotiate my contract here. Yeah, you should probably, your people get with Jeremy's people. Um, um, We, all of us, have the privilege to serve the Lord's Church here locally at Southern Hills Baptist Church in Oklahoma City. Doug Melton is our lead pastor. Randy Woodall is our pastor of missions and evangelism. Jeremy Johnston is our... (laughs) (laughs) Keep going? All right, that's fun. All right, Jeremy Johnson is our pastor... (laughs) Jeremy Johnson is our pastor of media and community outreach. My name is Daniel Snow. I get to be pastor of discipleship and young adults. You guys, um, you know this probably, but I'm going to say it again. We really, really love the questions that you send in. They help us. Hopefully, they help others as well. And the ways you can turn those in are through, you can go through email, three questions podcast at myshbc.com with the number three up front at the beginning. You can go to the website, myshbc.com slash contact, or you can text 505-258-2076, and we always keep those questions anonymous. And yeah, guys, season five, here we go, back at it. That's crazy. So thankful to be back. It, it really is good. Yeah. Now, I don't, what was, what is wrong with you? What are you laughing? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I like stumbled over Jeremy's last name, and then I couldn't. Get myself back together. It is, it is a bit of a tongue twister. Yeah, the whole John. J. Yeah, J. J. <laughs> okay, actually, yes, thank you. I will claim that. <laughs> I'm the first person in Jeremy's life to actually stumble over his name. So there you go. I'm really glad to have that title. We were supposed to have started this podcast an hour ago, folks. <laughs> Here we are. That's actually a true statement. That is a true so, statement. Um, all right. Here we go. First question is, how does the Bible speak about art? Are there warnings and are there encouragements? And you know what? By art, I'm wondering if the listener is is meaning kind of what we view as paintings or, or art in its various forms. Right. I think, I mean, my thought is just because of the way the question is, we can take it in its various forms. Okay. Yeah. And... And taking it in those forms, I think one thing that we would all agree on is that is that art is divinely inspired in some ways. I mean, creativity itself is something that God has given to us in the way He created things: color, sound, uh, you know, shape, right. scale. Everything is part of His creation. And then, of course, Romans and Psalms and so many other things tell us that all of that creativity, that artistry that we see in creation points to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So much so that even though he says those who never get to hear the gospel are still without excuse for not believing in God because the very artistry of creation indicates an artistic and, and creative creator. And One so, of the ways we bear his image. Exactly. He is the yeah. cre- ultimate creator. We are tiny little yeah. lesser and And whether creators. that's, like you said, art, whether it's poetry, music. I mean, obviously, 
you know, God put a whole book of songs in the Bible for mm-hmm. us so that we could sing them to him. So I think uh, I think art is something that we can see as a gift that God gives to us as part of his as as part of his creation. And and you know, I Daniel, I boy, I agree with what you said a while ago, as long as we always understand that creating meaning without nothing with without yeah, yeah right. that, that that verb there, yeah. Randy, I'm almost positive in the Old Testament that verb create is only used with God that's correct and and some of our readers may our listeners may know you know in the Bible you'll see create used in in different verses but it's not always the same Hebrew word like uh, when he created Adam, you know, it'll say he created man, but that actually is a word that means he formed him from an existing substance, which we know he formed from. When God talks about, when it talks about God's creation, it means from nothing, not that he shaped something that already existed right. into another shape. It means absolutely from nothing. God yeah. brought something into being. And if you ever run across the Latin phrase for that, it's ex nihilo. That's right. And that's just what it means, out of nothing. That's right. Okay. And so, Dan, you know, I've heard you talk about this before. I think with art in in its various forms, and, and not necessarily religious-themed, but even secular art, that points to the common grace mm-hmm. of God, that it, God in His common grace... Right allows us to do things that are beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. even by someone who may not be a believer. That's exactly right. Um, and so, and and when we say divinely inspired, we're not saying in the same sense that we would say the scripture is right. inspired by God. We're just saying that He gives us, as His grace allows, the ability to create some things that are actually good. That's right, and actually beautiful. Well, in fact, as we were talking about it before we got on. In Exodus, when God was giving them the the teaching Moses how the tabernacle was to be created, and then for the actual creation, I believe the scripture says that God actually gifted and inspired the men to be mm-hmm. the the artists the who did the tapestries and the carvings and the stone and the 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 metal workers that they put their artistry to work for God's glory and and God blessed that. In fact, and the beauty of the temple was to remind them mm-hmm. of how beautiful our God is, how majestic, how awesome our that's God right. is. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of that that issue with the the tabernacle and the craftsmen. It's one of the few Old Testament times when people were filled with the Spirit for a specific task. Um, I mean, that happens several times throughout the new t- the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, every believer gets the Holy Spirit. And and I do believe that, yes, as we go about all the things that we do, including creative things, mm-hmm. um, the Holy Spirit can lead us uh, in those creative works. And that doesn't mean everything has to be a cross necessarily, uh, but everything should be done to the best of our ability with excellence for the glory of God. That's, right. um, that's what First Corinthians ten thirty one tells us when it says, "And whatever you do, That's right. do it to the glory of God." And so the warnings that that our listener asked about, I think the warnings would come when art of any kind, whether it's you know music or whether it's 
painting or whether video it's art. graphic video art, anything. I whenever the purpose or the intention of it is to glorify man, glorify man's achievements, glorify, uh, you know, just even things that may be antagonistic to God's word, you know, hedonistic type of activities or things like that. When it's just for the purpose of making me feel good or or uh, el- eliciting a response from the listener, from the the person looking at it, that's that may actually be a sinful mm-hmm. response. You know, there are, there's a lot of art that's things out there that's called art that its sole purpose is to elicit lustful thoughts or thoughts of greed or thought or whatever. You know, then that obviously is a misuse of of art. Yeah, and by its very nature, art draws our eye and it draws our ear. Maybe it draws the other three senses as well, but for sure, eyes and ears. And I mean, just I mean, just think about it. Uh, obviously, maybe you're listening to this podcast while you're driving down the road. Maybe you're listening to it with your family. Sometimes that happens with our family. We we do that kind of thing. But but information like this. It comes to us in a different way than just art does. I mean, like, so for me and my family, um, I can sometimes get them to listen to a podcast while we're driving down the road. And actually, that's a lot of fun. But just naturally, what do they want to listen to? Art. They want to listen to art. Yeah. And I get that. I totally get that. Like, there, it, it does communicate to, to our hearts in a little bit of a different way. Mm-hmm. And so if we are believers creating some form of art, whether it's audio, visual, whatever, let's just make sure it's worthy of people's attention. That's good. I'm picturing the long distance vacation ride with the <laughs> Snow family, and you kids wake up. I've got yeah. a podcast. Got <laughs> well, when Daniel said art may appeal to the other senses, he's never obviously never been around anybody who is a true artist with bacon. I mean, that, yeah, that that's attempt, true. That, that is, can get uh, every sense going. The sense of uh, yeah. smell is that, pretty strong right. there. That's exactly right, boy. <laughs> It'll, it does draw you in. <laughs> oh, okay, and and you know, let's bring in whatever you do. Yeah. do with all. With all your as as unto the Lord. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and boy, so I I hope that all those that are listening that are followers of Christ use the gifts that God's given you, the abilities, the talents for His glory, and and not shying away from writing songs or or drawing something or painting something. Yeah, that is for God's glory and yeah. for building up of others. Yeah, yeah. And, and not to belabor it, but like, you know, when Ephesians 4 tells us that we're to let nothing, no unwholesome word come out of our mouth, but only such things as are edifying for the moment. I think that same thing could apply to anything else, whether it's, you know, no unwholesome song, no unwholesome uh, activity, no unwholesome painting or drawing or or speech of any kind, you know, that we... God expects us to do things at a different level, a different, I think, a, a higher standard, so to yeah. speak. And we should try our best to do that. Last, oh, yes, sir. Last quick warning on this one. We, I think we have to mention Exodus 20. Um, and that is just to always watch out that we don't make art an object of worship, That's whether right. that mean literally bowing down to it or just making it too high of a priority. And so, I mean, we just have to say that because the the scripture says it. Um, So, okay. Next question. Was John the Baptist 
actually, literally, Elijah the prophet, since Elijah never died. And that question is based on scriptures like Matthew 11, 7 through 14, Malachi 3, 1 and 4, 5, and 2 Kings 2, 11, where it does speak about John the Baptist in terms of Elijah. Right. And uh, even Jesus, you know, referred to him in that spirit, you know, mm-hmm. that there's been no greater man born among women than, than he, and and that Elijah is supposed to come and announce the arrival of Messiah. And so Jesus does compare John to Elijah, says he is like Elijah because he's fulfilling that that uh, prophecy of a, of a prophet who announces arrival of Messiah. But I, I, there are two very solid biblical reasons why we would say no John the Baptist wasn't actually Elijah. Mm-hmm. And there are probably more than two, but the two I'll pull up. Yeah. Now, first is, John the Baptist himself told his followers, I'm not the Messiah, I'm not the prophet who's greater than Moses, and I'm not Elijah. You know, he, he recognized that he's not. He said, but what I am is the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. He knew who he was, and he wasn't Elijah. John chapter 1. That's right. Yeah. The other thing is, there came all of the disciples knew John. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew who John was. Mm-hmm. He, he was a contemporary, so they all physically had seen John. Right. He was Jesus' cousin, you know, so they, they knew each other. And so then at the Mount of Transfiguration, when, when they see Jesus transformed— and yet, or transfigured, I should say, and there's Moses and Elijah with him. They don't look at Elijah and go, "Hey, that's John." Mm-hmm. You know, there's obviously right. a clear dis- physical distinction that made them know this is Elijah, not not John. John. So, yeah, that's good. And a lot of so much tied with the coming of the Messiah. Uh, in Matthew 16, when Peter confesses, you are the Christ, Son of the living God, when, and Jesus asked him, who do you say that I am? Mm-hmm. Uh, or who do others? I'm sorry. Right, start, right. Who do others say that I am? Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, right. uh, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And so, Randy, the, the Jewish people, there's something about at Seder that That's they right. share that with us. Well, during a, a Passover Seder, uh, which, of course, is is a one of the feasts to remind them of their rescue from slavery, the killing of the Passover lamb, the painting of the blood on the doorpost. Part of that Passover Seder involves the setting of a place at the table for Elijah. And at some point during the Seder, somebody, usually a child, will get up and go to the front door of the house and open the door to see if Elijah has come this year to announce the coming of, of Messiah. Mm. And so uh, so while you know that's an aside to this, it does show that even still to this day among most uh, Jews, Elijah still holds a very important place in their uh, in their Christology, so to speak, mm-hmm. or messiology, yeah. uh, you might say about uh, the coming of Messiah. That's good. Definitely two different individuals, though, as well. Yeah. We, yes. Yeah. And and in full agreement with all of that, I I just want to say I, I do understand why the question is a question because because he is referred to so strongly mm-hmm. in these terms of Elijah. Good question. Okay. Third one for today is 
I've enjoyed the chosen video series and appreciate that it was added to the church app. I didn't grow up in church and always assumed the Bible heroes lived at an almost superhuman level. The chosen seems to help fill in the gaps between stories and shows the disciples and Jesus as very human. What are your thoughts? Boy, I I will agree with the 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 one who's asked the question. I've enjoyed it as well. There there are uh, episodes that have just really uh, uh, been been very meaningful to me as as I've as I've watched them. Now I always uh, say to folks, any good book, any good Christian book. Anything like that ought to point you more towards Scripture. It ought to draw you into Scripture and never yeah. take the place of Scripture. And so while I have enjoyed Chosen, I've enjoyed it because it's made me want to go back and read the Gospels again mm-hmm. and, and to think more deeply about what the Scripture says. And so that that's what I would say about it. Yeah. Yeah, I would. um, So in full disclosure, I've only seen two episodes. Um, Two things I would say to its credit would be totally agreeing that just that human factor, I think, is really helpful, um, period, because it's it's true. Um, As we're reading the scripture, we need to understand that these people were people like us. Um, And and that's that's helpful. It's helpful to know that Jesus in his in his human nature was human um, and experienced things like we experience them like that's we need to know that we need to be reminded of that I think that's a, a big help secondly I think just like what Doug just said anything that makes you want to read the Bible more that's good that's great um, for me I would I would I add in one reservation that's just personal and then two cautions. For me, a reservation on anything that's kind of visual, uh, a show or a movie about Scripture is I just personally don't want these to be the go-to pictures that my mind instantly grabs right. instead yeah. of my imagination being able to paint the picture. Um, but that's – that's I, I don't say everybody has to think that way. That's, that's me. Um, Two, uh, two cautions I think kind of would apply to everybody is that um, reading the scripture or hearing it read was the spirit intended, like Holy Spirit intended original media. Like that's what the Holy Spirit intended to use was, was the word of God either being read or being heard read. And so God has not been wringing his hands for centuries, just wishing and waiting for the right technology to come along or the right actors or producers or anything like that. He's given us exactly what he wanted us to have. And, and that's, that's his word. That's a good point. That and really is. Yeah, yeah, it is. And just to go along with that and to remember, God gave us the Bible and the Bible is the full disclosure of God to us. Yeah. It doesn't need enhanced or colorized or uh, to be set to, you know, background music or anything like that for it to fully communicate to us everything that God wants us to know about himself, about salvation, about his purposes and plans for us. And so while I fully appreciate, you know, I've, I've enjoyed reading, watching The Chosen. I enjoyed 
watching the Ten Commandments and uh, the Robe and all of those old mm-hmm. you know movies. It's it's still hard to not imagine Moses looking like <laughs> Charlton Heston, right? You know, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but and and that's that danger you were talking about. You know, when we when we I guess caricature somebody. It's hard to ever imagine them any other way, and so now when we've with the chosen having put actors in the roles of certain biblical figures, now when you go to scripture, you've got to be cautious that now we don't suddenly start trying to pull that in and saying, well, you know, Luke was a or you know Matthew was a neurotic accountant mm-hmm. like like he's portrayed in in the chosen or you know. I mean, maybe he was, maybe but he was, we don't but know. We don't know. Yeah. That's right. What we do know is everything that the Scripture tells us about Luke, we can believe, or Matthew, right. or Peter, or any. We can believe that because that's what God wanted us to know, and that's enough. And while with while these are uh, fun and they're sure. entertaining, mm-hmm. and and they do help us maybe go, oh well, you know, I never thought about Peter's family. I never thought about. Nicodemus maybe having a wife and his how much you know pressure was on on him you know as a by the other you know some of those things that we may not have thought about those are those may help us a little bit to set things in context but nothing nothing can replace or add to or detract from what God's word teaches us yeah no that's, that's good. good and along with that I would add let's always be careful whenever we say uh, boy the chosen has made the Bible come alive to me mm-hmm. because and what we need to be careful about is the fact that the Bible is alive already mm-hmm. right. uh, God does not need anything to make the Bible come alive it is alive and I really don't want us to say well it's just a matter of semantics it, no it's not it the Bible mm-hmm. is alive on its own. It doesn't need something to make it come alive. Yeah, that's really, really good. Um, my second caution would just be I tend to be, and I don't know if everybody has to be, but a little bit skeptical that movie makers have sometimes an agenda that might not be quite as pure as Scripture and the Gospel. And so, and maybe their motives are, are all totally pure, but it's just... We know that the scripture is pure. And so so all that to say, those are just cautions. That's all. Um, but man, if, if, if there is a resource that makes you want to read the Bible more, praise the Lord. Or if it piques a person's interest, maybe mm-hmm. a person that you've been trying to talk with them about Jesus, and, and maybe if it would... Help them say, well, okay, maybe I, I do have some questions. Let's talk about it. if it would help with gospel conversations. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and along those lines, remember, the chosen's just the most recent in sure. two thousand years of art trying to depict the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, we can think of the statue of David, some mm-hmm. of the paintings of of God and Adam. You know, uh, the, the artists have long tried to bring scripture and and make it something visual or you know handles messiah mm-hmm. there's a perfect example of someone taking music and words and trying to bring uh, trying to bring a, a scripture into a, a different sense of, yeah. of, of experience and and there's nothing wrong with that just don't you know i know the chosen has its critics but just re- realize that 
it's just one of a long line sure. of, of art trying to depict scriptural truth. And so it's funny how third question, first yeah. question kind of play off of full each circle. other. Yeah, it's a full circle thing. And and so, you know, we just when you anything that's art, we take it for what it is. It's art. Mm-hmm. And what's scripture we take for scripture. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. The Raising of the Cross is a Rembrandt painting where he painted himself mm-hmm. into the picture. And so there's a there's an example of where art could be used in a way to help us to understand a wonderful truth. And so in yesterday morning's sermon, I, I was trying to talk about the fact that when Jesus said, Father, forgive them, he was forgiving me because it was my sin that held him on the cross. And Rembrandt painted a painting which helps us right. to understand mm-hmm. that he painted himself into the picture, which is just a wonderful truth. Right. And he wasn't in any way trying to depict that he was actually, actually there. Actually, that's exactly right. You know, it was just an artistic depiction. Yeah. And and so some people will look at The Chosen and see things and maybe read more into it than what the artists, the actors and the writers were actually intending. But just remember, it's... It's art. It's not the Bible. Yeah, it's good. We're not going to base our doctrine off of it. Right. Yeah. Right. That's right. We base Nor should our doc- we off of anything, off of any book or any music or anything like that. We base our doctrine off of God's Word. Yeah, it's good. Okay, man. Thank you, guys. All good conversations. Remember, you can subscribe, rate, share. And that might help someone else find it. And maybe it's helpful to them. Maybe, maybe the Lord and His providence uses it in their life. And until next time, please remember, the God of the Bible is never surprised or offended by our honest questions.